Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, and welcome back to Live Your Personal Best. Today's episode, we are joined by Rachel, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this because her book is all about chasing perfection and how actually trying to strive for this perfection led to her finding freedom. And so if you're someone who's, you know, a struggling perfectionist and everything always has to be 100% all the time, your best effort, well, I think you're going to learn a lot out of this because it's like, Once you make that decision of, okay, I don't want to be in this all or nothing mindset anymore, it's like, well, what does it look like after that, right? Like, what do I shift my focus to? And Rachel gives us a thousand great tips for how to deal with this. So I can't wait for you guys to tune in. Let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, today I am joined by Rachel. She's the author of Chasing Perfection. She's a former bodybuilding bikini competitor, and she's taken years of fears, failure, and setbacks and created lessons that help women transform their lives to become their best and most confident selves. I'm so excited that you're joining us today, Rachel. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here and just really be a part of your message and your mission. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'd love to get started with your book, Chasing Perfection. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's about and then why you decided to write it? Yeah, absolutely. So my book, Chasing Perfection, A Journey to Healing, Fitness, and Self-Love, I always feel like the subtitle pretty much gives it away, but you know, it really is that journey to self-discovery and stepping into your own, you know, for many years, uh, I think uh, for me personally, like we just kind of lose ourselves and lose our identity. And I found that many women have actually related to that as well, because there's so many roles and so many um, labels and identities that we find ourselves in that we lose a piece of ourselves every time we adapt. And, you know, the journey to healing, fitness and self-love really was that it was the process of self-discovery through, you know, facing my past, really getting clear on what I want in the future, and then being present in the moment to really harness more of what I want and identifying less of what I don't. And so that whole self-discovery process is the journey. And I feel like that's such a, a crucial role in so many of our, um, you know, our current everyday lives is that if we're not making and taking that time for ourselves, then we're not putting ourselves as a priority. And that's where we're inadvertently giving power away and little pieces of our identity gets, you know, kind of lost in the mix. Yeah. What I think is so interesting with it too, is, you know, this journey of self-love that you have, you mentioned fitness is like a huge component of it. And I feel like a lot of the times we think of the two as separate. So it's really interesting that you put the two together. Yeah. It, it, you know, and it's so true because when we look at fitness from two different perspectives, we can look at it as a way of like self-punishment and self-abuse and self-neglect. And it's like, okay, but we have to do these workouts and routines. And you feel like there's no, there's no desire in it because it's really on the flip side, 
working out and taking care of your health and fitness journey is such a high regard and esteem for taking care of oneself. And I would say like, if you don't love yourself, why would you care for yourself? And so flipping the script on that. And, you know, for me, I didn't really, I, I didn't have the self-love that, you know, I, I have now. In fact, I did, I was at a place in my life where I was at the self-loathing and I was like, why would I work out? This is just terrible. This is awful. Everything I try to do, I continue to fail at everything I'm doing on my own. I'm failing at, I can't hold a diet for like more than a day. You know, like it's just, you know, the extremes, the, the approaches that women are kind of pushed upon in the fitness industry, because there's, you know, a diet for this, a workout for that. And it's like, so overwhelming is so confusing that when we add that on to not even knowing who we are or what we really want, it becomes just another task that we try to check off and white knuckling it through our entire journey where then we're just like, well, I don't even like myself. Why would I want to work out? But when we flip it and it's like, I get to work out because I love and respect myself that this is a way to honor and nourish my body, mind, and spirit. And knowing that this entire existence of who I am is led with passion and purpose, like stepping into your own. And so looking at it from two places of, you know, flipping the script again, that approach, like that was me, then this is me now. And what a transformation and what a gift it is to even be honored and a bless, just blessed to be able to work out because it's like what we, we think we're working out because it's a, it's a quick fix to a lifelong struggle of X, Y, and Z. And if we're working out, then it's like, okay, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have the body. Then I'll have the life. Then I'll have the relationship. Then I'll have the success and et cetera, where we got to put the, you know, the, the horse before the cart and look at it. Now it's us working out because it's a way to honor, respect, and serve for the betterment of not just self, but those we love. And that's our, our, our purpose, right? So giving back to others, being present, being at our best. And if you're not at your best, you can't serve the rest. I love that. I love that perspective that you mentioned too, of like, it used to be something that you just cross off the to-do list. And that was, you know, when you're at this place of self-love and like, I have to do this and have to do this. And now it's just a whole switch of almost like the outcome was crossing it off to now enjoying more of the journey and the process of it. Right. And it's, and it's cool because I put it on my list as the first priority. Like I have, I get to work out because well, part of it in my, you know, part of my story and it is that I had such a severe injury that it was actually left like just debilitated. I, I couldn't work out anymore. I was told by doctors that I wouldn't be able to lift again. I wouldn't have, um, you know, the lifestyle and workout routine that I actually fell in love with. And so a piece of me died at that time. And I thought, okay, great. So now this is stripped away. Then who am I without you know, finally finding a way that, you know, was a betterment for myself. Like I really fell in love with fitness, but at that time it was for all the wrong reasons. So knowing that I was told this would be stripped from me, it made me really appreciate what was. And so now after I've, uh, you know, had overcome the injury and, you know, worked on the rehab from the inside out, I now look at it from a place of like, wow, I'm like, just so grateful that I have this body and that it can do what it's capable of doing, because I know on the other side, what it's like to have it taken away. And so now it's just, it's a gift. And I, I look forward to it every single day as an opportunity to, again, move my body, to serve my body, to fill my body and just nourish it with the right foods instead of feeling like it's depleted. And you have to just take everything off of your plate because that's what every diet basically tells you is 
well, remove this. Don't eat that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it's like, well, at this time, it's like, what is, what is there left to eat? Like sadness and tears. Like, you know, it's so sad. So it's like really, again, that finding what works for you and looking at everything that didn't serve you where you were, and then basically sorting through, like just, you know, if you had to shake it up and you get to pick and choose what is now conducive to the life that you want to create. Yeah. I love that. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about your background too. So you said that you had this injury. Did this whole journey start with the bikini competitions where you're trying to like strive for this perfection or where did this all start from? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because when we start unraveling our lives, we connect the pieces and, and, you know, I, I kind of, you know, pinpoint it to one specific thing, but it's like, we didn't just arrive at that one specific thing many years down the road from our life. So the fitness journey really did start with, you know, chasing perfection. And, is, and, and when I use perfection, it could really be the chase of anything that we're looking for, whether we're chasing the next status, the next whatever, the success, bank account, whatever that is that we're chasing, There's we're putting that at a higher regard and putting that as a priority on our list. And if we're going at it 100% of the time, thinking that if we just do, we will have X. So for me, I chase perfection for the overall life. But I was, if I had the perfect body, then I would have the perfect life. Then I would have the perfect relationship and perfect and perfect and perfect. Right. So this drive to be perfect was ultimately the drive to be enough. And I, for me, my journey, I struggled with who I was. I struggled with, you know, lifelong struggle of, uh, body dysmorphia, eating disorders, self-image, self-esteem. I was just down in the dumps. Like that was my life since as far back as I can go, maybe about eight-ish years old, starting with body dysmorphia, comparison, comparing how I look to other women. And that fueled into, you know, young, young adulthood or, um, you know, young teenage years to uh, finding ways to control and manipulate the outcome, which is where I, I turned to fitness and food and I would restrict and I would, you know, go days without eating. I would binge. Then when I would binge, I would go and, you know, find any diuretic to, uh, you know, laxatives to sometimes throwing up to using fitness to erase what I did extreme workouts. Everything was a form of punishment because I couldn't adhere to, you know, the, the all or nothing approach. Cause it's not sustainable. You cannot be on all the time. So that was a journey back and forth for, I would say probably close to 20 something years. That was my cycle. And it was just so, so, so exhausting. And in the mix, I was trying every diet, every exercise, every new fad gadget gizmo, whatever. I was such a, a, like I was the perfect candidate to be marketed to. If you told me you can lose five pounds in a week, sign me up. If you told me I was going to lose 40 pounds in a month, sign me up. But realistically, I didn't even have 40 pounds to lose, but the more, the better. And so it was this all or nothing black and white, you know, it just the extreme mentality. And that's really where I looked at it. I was like, I'm operating from a fixed mindset. I'm operating from a place that, you know, chasing perfection, but yet logically I knew perfection doesn't exist. So I didn't really, I didn't connect the two. And it took many years to figure out really what it was that I wanted. And when I look back at it, it was like, I really just wanted this perfect body because that was the the big, big disconnect. My mind and body were never connected. And I just thought if I had the perfect body, then all that stuff would go away. 
So at the time is back in 2000, 2011, I was first introduced to bodybuilding in the bikini division. And so I was like, wow, okay, wait, actually these women are my ideal image. I want to look just like them. And at the time I had a trainer at my local gym and he said, well, then let's do it. So I was like, cool. So now I have somebody, I have the goal. I have the perfect body that I'm looking for. And if I could do this in like 16 ish weeks, let's do it. And so I signed up for my first bodybuilding competition in 2012 and through the whole extreme to do more, push more, try more, sweat more, eat less, do, you know, all the stuff to just minimize, to get the results as quickly as possible. Well, in that whole push, perform, perfect, I had suffered an injury. So I actually ruptured my disc and it was, it, it was crippling and debilitating. And this happened about three days prior to my competition. And I could not walk. I could not stand. Everything was just so, you know, pinching your sciatic nerve all the way down to your foot and basically dragging. And it was just a really, really, really bad place to be. But the lesson that I learned from that was how disconnected I was mentally to physical body, that my body was breaking down throughout this entire process. And I was too ignorant to even adhere and and be aware of my body's alarm systems. It's like, they've been flaring them red flags and everything. And eventually they're just like, Hey, you know what? We broke. (laughs) And I was like, well, you better suck it up because we got to put on our tan and and heels and our suit because we got a competition. And there I was just mustering through it with such severe pain. I was just down in the dumps, just so low on myself because it's like, no matter what I was doing, I didn't look like the girls in the magazines. I didn't look like Miss Olympia that had just come off the stage. And, you know, so I already knew at this point, like I didn't meet my expectation and here I am got to strut it across the stage to be judged. And like, I, I could do that at home. I could judge myself. I do this every day and it's not enough. And so anyway, 2012 competition hits right after the competition. Obviously I did not win. And I did found out later that that was what the injury was with my back. So after severe pain for multiple months, finally, I was like, I should do something about it. Ended up having back surgery. And I was out of the game basically for like two years because like a piece of me was, was lost. I gained all the weight back plus more than I ever had started with. And I lost a piece of myself because it's like that. I wanted to become that bodybuilder. I wanted to become recognized for that hard work. I wanted to be, you know, enough for myself and for others. Cause I just thought that that would be, you know, externally would validate who, what I was. So after a couple of years of not even lifting or doing anything, because like I said, I was, I was afraid doctor said, don't do it. And I didn't. <laughs> and so fast forward to 2014. And this is, I, I just got back in the dumps again. Like I felt like all those years prior to it was just leading me up to just disappointment and failure. And I found myself in the deepest, darkest pit at this point. And, you know, in the two year gap of, of losing everything and trying and failing at everything, I was just, I didn't, I didn't even know where to begin again. So after the, you know, the two years I found a way that I said, okay, I'm just going to give it one more try, but this time I'm going to do it smarter. I'm not going to go harder because harder landed me here. And I hired my first fitness coach. Um, I worked with her, uh, fitness and nutrition. So she did both my training and nutrition 
And I worked with her for a few months just to see it, give it a try. Cause at this point, I'm just thinking, well, here's just another loss, right? Because I was, I had this defeatist mentality, but the cool thing was, is that I actually had a coach who had a system and she had a routine and it allowed me to build back up my trust, not in just in myself, but in others. And so having gone through a few months of working with her, I actually started to see results, even though they were so slow because everything I was chasing after was those quick fixes. Like, okay, give me five pounds in like five days. And seeing that the progress was slow, but it was progress. And that was something I hadn't made in all the years. You know, you lose two pounds in a day and then you gain five pounds the next day. It was like always wishy-washy. So seeing that slow, steady progress became my new focal point. And I started applying some of the approaches and philosophies to other areas of my life and started really like facing everything head on. And I began questioning, questioning a lot of myself, questioning where I came from, questioning how I even landed at this pit, like unraveling this whole hot mess that was sitting at the pit all dark and alone and just feeling like, where do I begin again? So after working with her for several months, I said, you know what? I don't want that to be my story. I don't want that to be my first and only experience. I'm going to give it a go. And this time I'm going to come back to the stage, but as a whole different person, because I got to rebuild my life and I got to rebuild what is important to me. This isn't just about getting that perfect body anymore. And so, uh, in 2015, I competed again, and then I've been applying everything that I've been learning for the past seven, eight years into where I'm at, where I'm at now. And it really is about creating a healthy and sustainable lifestyle, which was the missing word. And now, you know, having been on both sides of it and now living, you know, like I said, almost eight years, I don't rebound. I don't question who I am. I don't go back to the extremes. I've now found that gray area and, you know, the perfectionism will allow us we'll continue to chase that until we finally say, well, we need to be ahead of it. This isn't a, this isn't a sprint. This isn't a race to win, to be the best of everything. And it's just really about embracing life for who and what you are and what you want and what that desired outcome is. So, um, in 2018, I competed again and actually won my show. And so finally it was just like the journey, right? But it wasn't about the piece of plastic that sits behind me. It wasn't about a card that tells me that I was, you know, had won. I already knew that I had won because I had overcome the biggest struggle and the biggest challenge and the biggest hurdle in my entire life. And that was myself. And so I got to reclaim my power. I got to step into who I'm created to be. And that's the beauty. And that's the message that I share with so many women out there in, you know, in every, all the work that I do, whether it's through my book, Chasing Perfection, through my podcast, The Confident Woman, through my apparel line, I am, because when you know who you are, you know, whose you are, and that's, that's the power right there. So you get to create your own story. And I did that. And that's what I want to give back to women. That's incredible. And I love when you talk about your story too, of this rebuilding phase, because I think that's the part that a lot of people try to skip or that they don't see. And that's where there is a lot of struggle and you kind of stay stuck there of, okay, if you're chasing perfection for so long and you're living in the all or nothing for so long, you can't just maybe switch your focus one day and be like, okay, I'm 
happier with less than you kind of go through this phase of feeling defeated, as you mentioned, of feeling like, well, if I can't have perfection, I'm going to have nothing at all. And taking time to relax, recover, rejuvenate. I think that time period is so important. It's so true because it's like, we don't, we don't take that time to work on ourselves. I mean, I didn't, I didn't until I was, had nothing else, no other options. I was stuck at the bottom of this pit with like me, myself and I, I'm like, so what do we do? (laughs) You know? And so kind of getting really clear on, okay, well, first of all, let's figure out how we got here so we can, you know, rule out how that doesn't work. And so if we're, if we plan to climb out of it, let's start, you know, rebuilding, let's start questioning everything. Let's let go of what is holding us back. And then, so as, as we question our question ourselves, it brings more clarity and more, more, you know, confidence in the fact that if you've overcome everything in your life, like, even though you're alive, you're at the bottom of the pit, you're not dead. So we know that we're still got, we still got life in us. And so we just keep moving forward and giving it a try, whether we're, you know, again, we might take five steps and we end up back three steps. So what you're plus two, you just keep moving forward and taking it one day at a time as that is the competition, right? Where you a better, better version of you than you were yesterday. And then comparing those two allows you to see the areas of improvement. And even though your best is going to change on the daily, it's about remaining consistent and congruent in who and what you you want and outcome. And I always say, you know, consistency compounded over time yields results. So when I look back and say, what am I consistently doing? Pretty much nothing at that time. I was all over the place. And that's what I'm seeing with a lot of women. We're, we're hopping on the next diet train, the next fad, the next, you know, everything. But yet, have we ever given ourselves the time to, you know, invest and stick with something to determine whether or not that is the right approach for you? And I'll be honest, like maybe there was a, an approach for me, but I was so impatient because I was so desperate for that next quick fix, that next, like, Okay, get me there as fast as possible out of this pain point, out of this this stickiness, and just let me let me soar. But even if that were the case, I wouldn't have been equipped with all that I needed to soar. Like, so the journey is the struggle, right? And in the struggle, there is so much beauty because it's a beautiful life when we look at it from a perspective that we are being called and prepared and equipped for the purpose that we've given into our lives. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause you know, you're kind of repeating that same thing over and over and that's where you're getting stuck. And I think, you know, the big thing that someone can take out of this is not being afraid to take those steps back. Cause you do sometimes have to take those steps back because that's what you saw with your competition. Like you took years break in between, but then you came back and you won because you came back in a different place. You had different mindset. You're more connected physically, mentally. And those are the step backs that will make you take those leaps. And so I think that when we come to that decision to make the step back, it's not always a bad decision. And it's sometimes what's needed. Yeah, exactly. And it's my, my programs and everything that I kind of offer all in, on, in one house under the confident woman collective is my program fit from within. And so really the premise of that is, and I consider it's like four pillars. So you have your mental, emotional, spiritual, and your physical. So if we're, if we're only filling one tire of your car, the physical, right? Cause we're so focused, just get the results, get the results. we got to look a certain way, act a certain way, dress a certain way, all this stuff. It's external validation. The other three components are flat tires. Think of it that way. So it's like, how can we fill all four of those tires simultaneously so that our, our car, our, our being, our body can drive 
balanced to carry out what we're meant to do in life. And so when I looked at this, I was like, wow, yeah, mentally I'm in a deep, bad, dark place. Emotionally, I don't even know what emotions are. We just eat those or we stuff them down or we just ignore them. And then spiritually, it was like, yeah, I mean, I got some faith, you know, whatever. And and so I looked at all this as like, well, no wonder, (laughs) like my physical is a byproduct of the other three elements that are within. And so if those three are just flat and just like shot, no wonder my physical is just also shot. It's, it's a reflection. And so I was like, okay, so now let's look at all four of those pillars. How can we continue to you know, fill those buckets? Um, you know, apply the lessons that we learn every day. How can we feed our mindset in, in process, the emotions and, and feelings and healing, and then also the spiritual. Okay. Well, I can't just say I have a spiritual walk with my creator, God, if I'm not actually having a relationship with him. So I'm like, okay, well, I have to do something about that. I can't just expect to work harder and eat less and get the results. And then all those other things will happen. So it really was, again, this whole self-discovery journey. You have to find what is best and right for you, but it's also looking at it from what is your desired outcome and then reverse engineer that. So if we're, if we're not even sure what we're going to be doing in an hour, a day, a week from now, well, then how can we say that we're working towards something? What is that something? We have to be very clear on it. Yeah. I love that analogy of the cars and the four tires, like of that lifting you up. It's like, what's the outcome? And then it's the multiple things to get there, not putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. Cause we can't operate with flat tires. And even if one's sinking low, you, you feel it, you feel it when you're driving, you're like, yeah, you know what? My spirituality tire is a little bit low. I should probably go, you know, spend some time, you know, pouring into it. Same with the other buckets and, or, you know, the tires, however, whatever analogy you want to use to apply for your life. But it's, again, if you're not aware of those things, we're just going to keep riding on this bumpy, flat, tired road. Like it's just going to be that hot mess that I sat in for quite some time. So yeah, it's just a, it's a really cool experience looking back. And even though I have years and years and years of just setback, hardship, losses, extremes, like all of that stuff. I'm a hundred percent grateful for every single one. I would not change one thing about it. And, you know, it's because when you get to the place where you feel so aligned with who you are, that without any of those mishaps, you wouldn't be the person you are today. And that's why I'm so grateful for everything. And so, you know, for many of us, especially women, we look at, but, but this is done to me. Like this happened to me. This was, you know, this is what was holding me back look at it now again, flipping the script. Was it done for you? Because would you be where you're at today? I always look at that. Like life is happening for me. It's not to me. And the, to me, it would become what I call like, it was my victimhood. I was a victim of my own story. And I held sure the huge stronghold and like, because of X, Y, and Z. And so I was finding myself like repeating the same stories in my mind, but then telling them to why I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. And all that's doing is just validating the story that I once believed about myself. And so that's why I say like, you have the power to create your own story. You do like that's, that is so powerful. And once you recognize that and know that that's yours to reclaim, you start building the foundation and every step that you take is a block, you know, like a a laying the brick and brick after brick is consistency compounded over time and compounding over time creates confidence. When you get really good at doing something every single day, 
that's, that becomes who a part of you, that becomes your message. It becomes, you know, a part of that purpose. And so that's why leading all of those three brands together from I am to the confident woman and just knowing who you are at the beginning, you get to become who you want to be at the end. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I would just love, you know, now that you're on the other side, like looking back to someone who might be stuck in these mindsets still, what advice would you have them with going through their own journey? Well, I think first and foremost, just getting really clear on where you're currently at, because I think we, we get it, it's, it's a muddy area and we can't even see beyond these like cloudy glasses that have painted our reality. So getting clear on, okay, you might not know what you want or where you're going, but I guarantee you, if you asked, if somebody asked you, what do you want? You'll say, I don't want this. I don't want to be that. I don't. And so just really flipping that. Right. So even if you had to write down two columns, I don't want this. Okay. Well, what is the opposite of not having it? Well, I want this. Okay. So now you're creating a division between both of the, the knots and the, and the ams. And so getting clear of that creates that self-awareness. It creates an insight as to what, you know, let's take the first step. These are things I really want. These are, I know are a hard no. So what am I doing right now that is holding me back from taking that first step? What is currently in my life right now that is not serving me and aiding in moving the needle closer to where I want to be? And so just kind of taking this overview, and I don't know if, if your listeners like me are very visual, I need to write this stuff down because I could say it, I could think it, but yet having a hard, like visual allows me to, okay, I'm not, I'm not moving closer to where I want to be. What is standing in my way? Mm, yep. Okay. There's something I have to identify. Yep. Okay. Maybe I need to get help on that. Yep. Maybe I need to let that go. Yep. Maybe I need to face something that is kind of ugly and scary. But you know what? If I don't, it's going to keep holding power over me. And so again, self-awareness, gratitude changes everything, right? Because like I said, I could look back at my story and be like, well, it's because of X, Y, and Z. And you know, it's my life and here I am, and this is going to be forever. Okay. Well, that's the story that you're telling yourself. And now you're going to seek proof and validate what was, but being grateful for those lessons allows you to now focus on, okay, well, that was this is how I'm going to use it for fuel and for encouragement to keep moving forward into the right direction. And of course, forgiveness, forgiveness is, you know, for many people were like, Oh my gosh, it's so hard to forgive. Why they did me wrong. This went wrong. They did this to me, blah, blah, blah. Right. It's again, now them doing it to you. But when we look at it, it's not about forgiveness to give way and forgive, you know, the, the, the wrongdoer because they've done wrong, whoever, whatever. But if you continue to hold on to it, you're the one serving the life prison sentence, not them. So we have to forgive ourselves for holding over our emotions, our bitterness, our anger, our resentment, whatever it could be. Because even though there's that, that, you know, wrong done, wrong doing stuff, we can't allow that to continue to hold on to us. And so forgiveness again Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves because we're the ones living the sentence. We're the ones filling our buckets and living this reality and this, this existence. So whether it was something you did or they did or whoever did, we can't continue holding on to that forever. 
Yes. Oh, I love that. That was great advice to leave everyone with. I feel like just, you know, by talking to you, you can tell how confident you are and how sure you are of like what you're doing and where you're going, which is a great spot to be at. And I know that everyone can learn a lot from you. So thanks for coming on. Where can everyone find you, learn more about you, all of that? Yeah. So um, basically you can find me on all social platforms at I am Rachel Brooks, as well as my website, I am Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Rachel. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at live your personal best at live your personal best. Come say hi, come say what's up. I would love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. Thanks and see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.